Wow, this is exciting, isn't it? Um, I'm going to speak this morning on patience. And I thought at first, I don't know if I'm the right person to speak on patience. And then on second thoughts, I thought, yeah, I probably am exactly the right person to speak on patience. So as I was thinking around this subject, patience, I thought I'd have a look to see what the biblical definition of patience is. And the biblical definition is to do with waiting and suffering, enduring, tolerating. So the biblical reference here says forbearance or endurance, a quality of self-restraint or not giving way to anger, even in the face of provocation, closely related to mercy and compassion. So I thought, well, let's have a look at some of the things that try our patience first. So can I have the first slide, please? Queuing. Waiting in a queue. How many of you, like me, have stood in a queue in the supermarket and watched the other queues going forwards and thinking, I'm going to have to change queues because I'm in the wrong queue here. So I get my trolley and I find another queue, go up and down, find a shorter queue. And then what happens? And my queue comes to a standstill and the one that I was in goes through. Um, I had my booster some couple of months ago and I had to queue for an hour, standing in a queue for an hour. And I thought, this is ridiculous. There's nowhere to sit down. I really felt for some of the people, there were elderly people there who were also standing in the queue for an hour. And I thought, this is really trying my patience. So waiting is one of the things that tries our patience. Waiting on the phone. wanted to get my phone actually because I want to play you something that happened to me yesterday. I was trying to phone the doctor yesterday and I'm sure some of you will recognise this. Thank you for your patience. You're being held in a queue. Our phone lines are busiest between 8am and 10am. You know what I mean, don't you? You're, you're held in a queue. Your call is really important to us. <laughs> yeah, uh, waiting in a queue is, is uh, very difficult, whether it be a physical queue or a mental queue. So what else? Tolerance. That's something that's a definition of patience. You know when you're sitting there and you're driving the car with one hand on the wheel and with the other hand you're going, stop fighting, will you stop fighting? You get to the stage where you say, if you don't stop fighting, I'm going to stop this car and make you walk. And that's to an 18-month-old. <laughs> Diversions. We've had quite a few of those, haven't we? Because they've been mending the potholes. I was going along the other day and uh, I was using my sat-nav. I'm a big fan of sat-nav. Sat-nav, actually, 
I always think Satnav is a little bit like God because when I get lost, Satnav says, okay, let's start from here and try again. Um, when, when you're following Satnav, if you come to a diversion and you have to turn off the way that Satnav wants you to go, all you get is a message coming up saying, please do a U-turn as soon as possible. Please do a U-turn as soon as possible. You know, you can't do a U-turn. So you're going on and you have no idea where you are and you have no idea how you're going to get to your um, destination. And sometimes Satnav takes ages to actually recalibrate your, your route. So yeah, diversions really try my patience. And traffic jams. Oh, traffic jams too. Dogs barking. I've got a poodle. I've got two poodles. One of my poodles is as good as gold. The other poodle barks a lot. She barks whenever there's somebody at the door, which, fair enough, that's her job. I don't mind that. But she barks when there's ever an animal comes on television. And you have no idea how many animals appear, even for a split second, on television. And I love animal programs. You know, my favourite one at the moment is... Um, the dog's behaving very badly on Channel 5. And uh, I'm hoping that they'll come to somebody, a dog barking in the, at the television so I can get some hints. But um, interestingly, it really tries my patience and Graham gets really cross and shouts. And that doesn't do any good at all. We've tried putting the dog outside and in the other room and shutting the door. And that worked for a little bit. And then... It got to the stage where, as I was putting her out, she was sort of cowering a little bit, and I thought, actually, she, she really doesn't like this. I don't know if this is the right thing to do. So I decided I'd start treating her because she seemed to be afraid. So I picked her up the next time a dog came on the television, and I sat her on my lap and stroked her, and, and she just lay down, and she put her nose down, and she went to sleep, and I realised that actually she was scared. That's why she was barking. We do have quite a big television, and I think she thinks they're going to jump out. <laughs> neighbours. I don't know if any of you have neighbours that play loud music. There's quite a lot of musicians here, so for you, it will be the person banging on the wall all the time that gets very, very irritating and annoys you. Um, there was a story I heard about a man who was... Um, a bit annoyed with his neighbour who kept um, cutting branches off the tree and just leaving them lying about. And he was talking to God about it and he said, I don't know what to do about this. And God said, this is a great opportunity for you to go and get to know your neighbour, to make friends, find out how he is, see if there's anything that you can encourage him with. Maybe, you know, he's looking for something that God can offer. But he was cross and he didn't want to go and talk to his neighbour. So he just kept picking the branches up and shoving them back over the fence. And then after a while, he noticed that God hadn't, wasn't talking to him anymore about his neighbour. And he thought, well, that's good. God's given up. I'm pleased about that. But then one day he thought, I think God has stopped talking to me. So he spoke to God about it and God said, I haven't stopped talking to you. I haven't stopped telling you to go and talk to your neighbour You've just stopped listening. So neighbours, yeah, neighbours can be very irritating, but they can also be really, really helpful and supportive. 
Then we come to um, suffering. Suffering is a really difficult thing to be patient about. Um, some years ago, I worked for a boss who was mentally ill, and I worked for him for some years, and the trauma of him, his unpredictable behaviour and the difficulty that we were having caused me to become ill with uh, chronic fatigue syndrome, or ME as it's also known as, and eventually I had to retire through ill health. And uh, since then, um, I was actually healed of ME in 2004. I went to an Alpha conference at Holy Trinity and I got prayed for. Uh, that was quite funny, actually, because the person at the front said, um, I was desperate to be prayed for, to be healed. And the person at the front said, um, you know, if you want to hear from God, uh, come over here to this side of the stage. And so I rushed up there and then he said, and if you want healing, go to the other side of the stage. <laughs> And I thought, ah, oh, I don't know what to do. I'm in the wrong place. And then the person at the front said, don't worry if you're wrong in the wrong place because, you know, God, God knows what you've come for. And I thought that was amazing. That was just for me. There were hundreds of people there. And I got prayed for and I was healed. And I had no symptoms of ME for quite a few years. And then gradually I started to get a few symptoms back. Not nearly as bad as before. But I found that I was, felt a bit achy, and it was like my bones hurt. And um, I Googled, you know, I'm a big fan of Dr. Google. <laughs> I Googled painful bones, and it came up with fibromyalgia. And so I thought, oh, that's interesting. So I went to see my doctor. In those days, I could get an appointment. And uh, the, <laughs> the doctor said, um, oh, yes, if you've had chronic fatigue syndrome, then a lot of people who've had chronic fatigue, chronic fatigue syndrome do get fibromyalgia. It's kind of a mild form. And I thought, I'm not having this, you know. I'm, I'm going to get prayed for again, because I was prayed for before and it worked, so I'll be prayed for again. Um, but I've been prayed for thousands of times over the years, thousands of times. And, you know, when you're suffering... And you get prayed for a lot and nothing happens, you avoid getting prayed for because you don't want to be disappointed again. You know, it's disappointing when you get prayed for and you believe you're going to be healed and you're not. But interesting, there's a little adjunct, a little add-on to this story. One of the symptoms of my fibromyalgia was that I got a lot of migraines. And my migraines were getting worse and worse and worse. And I went to the doctor and I said, look, I'm having two or three migraines every week. And he said, oh, my goodness, that's not good. Um, but I'd actually gone because I had high blood pressure. And he said, well, I'm going to give you some tablets for your high blood pressure. So I said, are the side effects headaches? And he said, yeah, I'm afraid they are. And I, my heart sunk and I thought, oh, no. But he said, they might actually help you. Anyway, I started taking the high blood pressure tablets and I haven't had a migraine since. So... You know, God works in wonderful ways, doesn't he? He doesn't always do... You know, the doctor didn't pray for me, <laughs> but people have been praying for me for a long time. And my migraines, I'm healed of my migraines, and that's made a huge difference to my life. It has a bit of a downside because I feel so well. I go out and do far too much and then burn myself out and then I have to have two days rest <laughs> to, to recover again because I'm not completely healed, but I know God has it on his heart to heal me. 
because God is a healer. So if you're suffering with an illness, do you know um, a quarter of all people, I think it is, that in the UK suffer from back pain? So, yeah, suffering, suffering is, is hard, it's tough. We've all seen pictures like this, haven't we? This is suffering in the extreme. How can you ask this man to be patient? People have lost their homes, their belongings, they're separated from their family, they've lost their job, they have no money, they've got no food, they've got no water, they've got no power, they can't charge their phones up to let their loved ones know that they're still alive. And yet, God says, be patient. But you know, I chose this picture and I put it on the PowerPoint and then when I looked at it, I noticed that the wood beside the man has fallen in the shape of a cross. Do you know what? God is with us in our suffering. We may not feel him, but he feels us. He's there for us. And he says, be strong. And I'm just blown away by the sheer courage of the Ukrainians, the determination. Um, they're belief, their faith. Do you know, they have faith. I was watching this morning a soldier being interviewed on the front line in, in Kiev, and they said he'd set up all these barricades and the, the interviewer said, do you think the Russians will get through? And he laughed. No, he won't get past us. And I thought, that's just such an amazing attitude to have, isn't it? You know, when we're suffering, when we're impatient for stuff, you know, we have to have faith. So, Pete Grieg um, wrote a book called God on Mute. And I found that very helpful to me. He talks a lot about unanswered prayer. And we have to be patient, don't we, when we pray. You know, our prayers don't always get answered. Or they don't always get answered in the way we expect. He says this, when life hurts and we find ourselves struggling to make sense of unanswered prayer, we often wonder why God doesn't just click his fingers and make everything better. Oh gosh, I've thought that on many occasions. Why does God allow these things to go on? You know, my husband's not a Christian yet and he says to me, if God was a good loving God, he would heal you. And I can't answer that. I don't know the answer and there's lots of reasons that that we we might think why doesn't God just click his fingers you know why doesn't God click his fingers I mean yes the Ukrainians are standing up to the Russians and in some cases the Russians are abandoning their vehicles and joining the other side you know the the uh, Belarus the people from Belarus who Putin has told to take up arms against the Ukrainians. They've gone over to Ukraine and taken up arms against the Russians. There's lots of miracles happening in Ukraine, and yet people are dying. Children are dying. You know, why does God allow that to happen? So difficult, isn't it? He goes on, when we are hurting and the pain seems senseless, we may find it hard to think clearly or to pray diligently but we can still trust. 
resting quietly in the Father's love. Sometimes that's all we've got left. I remember when I was in this school with this head that was very, very difficult to work with. And I was hanging on to Jesus by my fingernails. That's what it felt like. Because it was just such a difficult place to be. And every day you go in and you know you've got more of the same. But all you can do is trust. When there's nothing else left, when you're in this position, all you can do is just trust him. Because if you don't trust him, what else have you got? You know, if we don't trust our father and trust that we, he loves us and he cares for us and he wants the good for us, if we don't do that, we've got nothing. We might as well give up. The thought of not having him to trust is worse than the situation we're in. Because then there's just emptiness. Isaiah 30 verse 15 says, The sovereign Lord, the holy God of Israel, says to the people, Come back and quietly trust in me. Then you will be strong and secure. This is God's promise to us. When we're hurting and we're sad and we don't understand, God says, come back. Even if we've wandered away, even if we thought, do you know what, I just don't believe in God anymore because things are just so difficult. God says, come back. He calls us back. I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but there's been times in my life when I found it very difficult to pray and found it very difficult to read the Bible. And I've just sort of said to God, look, I'm going to have a rest from you because, you know, things aren't going the way I thought they were going to go. And I just don't know what to do. Um, and Jesus, has, he puts people in my life who bring me back. You know, somebody will give me a call or somebody will visit me or I'll get a card through. You know, a number of people in this church have sent me a little card out of the blue. And it's just thrilled me and made me come back, made me come back to Jesus. He, he brings people, puts people in your life. So what is the answer then? Have I got an answer? I haven't got an answer. I'm sorry to tell you that. I know you'll be disappointed. But um, what is the answer to when we have to think of patience and we, we, we find it so hard to be patient? But I've had some thoughts. I mean, one of the thoughts is count to ten, you know, take a deep breath. <laughs> that sometimes works, you know, when the kids are screaming at each other or the dog's barking at the animal on the television. You know, just count to ten, take a deep breath. But that doesn't always work, does it? Um, we can pray. Sometimes we get an answer. Sometimes God says yes. Sometimes God answers our prayer. And it's brilliant. We can get other people to pray as well. That's very powerful. Prayer is very powerful. But sometimes we pray and we've got powerful people praying for us and nothing changes. So, where do we go? This is Colossians. Um, he says, 
This is Paul talking to the Colossians, and he says, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people. This is the bit that spoke to me. The faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel. If you haven't got, or your faith is weak, you know, your faith comes from heaven. Your faith and hope come from the promise of heaven. So when your faith is, when you're feeling weak in your faith, you just have to turn back to Jesus. You turn back to Jesus who died for you. And you start thinking about all the things he's done for you in the past. And that's going to raise your faith. And when it raises your faith, it gives you hope. And when you have hope, it raises your faith. You know, this is, this is, this is so powerful, this message. He goes on. He says, for this reason, we have always prayed for you ever since we heard about you. We ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will, with all the wisdom and understanding that his spirit gives. See, we ask God to fill us with the knowledge of his will. We don't have to work it out ourselves. We ask him. You know, and he makes it clear. And sometimes if you're thinking, well, I'm not clear at all, you know, talk to people and see what they say. He will let you know. Sometimes I'll have a thought in my head and I'll go and do something and, and there's a reward at the end of it. You know, maybe I'll feel good because I've helped somebody. Well, that's, that's the Lord letting you know what his will is. I remember when my mother was, um, my mother, my father had just recently died and I was on my way home and I went past um, within about half a mile of her house and I did actually want to get home, but I just thought of her and I thought, I wonder if she's all right. I think I might just do a little detour and call in and see her. And when I knocked on the door and she answered the door, she was in a terrible state. She was just sobbing her heart out. And she said, I prayed you'd come. I, I was praying you'd come and you'd just come. That really moved me. God let me know. And he didn't, there wasn't a voice, you know. I just thought, oh, I wonder if my mum's okay. You know, God put that thought in my head. And I went there, and she needed me so badly. With all the wisdom and understanding that his spirit gives. See, his spirit gives us the wisdom and understanding. You know, it all comes back to the Father, doesn't it? It all comes back to the Father. Then you'll be able to live as the Lord wants and will always do what pleases him. Your lives will produce all kinds of good deeds and you will grow in your knowledge of God. That's what happened with me and my mum. A thought came into my head and I did something that produced something good. May you be made strong with all the strength which comes from his glorious power. His glorious power is what makes us strong. You know, we're not strong on our own. We're weak and useless. I'm sorry to tell you that, you know. <laughs> but we're weak and useless. You know, our power comes from him. It all comes from him. So that you may be able to endure everything with patience. There we go. 
gets his strength from his power that enables us to endure things with patience. And with joy, give thanks to the Father who has made you fit to have your share of what God has reserved for his people in the kingdom of light. There's um, you know, a man called Dietrich Bonhoeffer who uh, was a prisoner of war. And he was made to get into the latrines and shovel the excrement. And he was up to his knees in it. And he's singing hymns. He sang hymns to his father. Kept him alive. Actually, singing the hymns kept him alive. That was a, 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 a thing of will. He, was, he refused to be beaten down, so he sang hymns. And with that joy, giving thanks to the Father, he knew he'd have his share of what God has reserved for him. He rescued us from the power of darkness and brought us safe into the kingdom of his dear son, Wow. He rescues us from the power of darkness. By whom we are set free, that is, our sins are forgiven. I've been thinking a lot about our sins being forgiven. You know, I think about, well, what things do I do that need to be forgiven? You know, I try and live a good life. But it's, it's not... It's not so much the things that we do. I mean, yeah, we do do things. But I don't think that's what this means. I think our sins being forgiven is about our humanity because we're only human. Because we're only human, we fail. That's what's been forgiven. It's much deeper than us, um, I don't know, shouting at somebody or losing our temper. It's much deeper than that. This is um, Bill Johnson at the beginning of his book, Face to Face with God. And he says, the air is pregnant with possibility. Can you feel it? Heaven itself is longing to invade the natural realm. Darkness may cover the earth, but God's glory upon his people is becoming more and more realized, bringing hope to the most hopeless situations. I love that. Heaven is longing to invade us. And sometimes we see it, don't we? But you know what? We've got to want more. We've got to reach out for more. There was um, a man called Anatoly Emanuelovich Letivin. I think that's how you say it. Apologies if I got that wrong. And um, he was um, a Russian... Orthodox, of the Russian Orthodox. Hang on, I've got to go on to my next sheet. Um, and uh, he was imprisoned and persecuted all of his life by the secret police in Russia. And he describes the power of prayer I mean, we all know that prayer is powerful, but sometimes when we're praying for things and we're just sitting in our bedroom or, you know, sitting in the garden or something or going for a walk and praying, 
sometimes I think we forget how powerful these words that we say are, you know, even if we're just thinking them. We forget how powerful we are. We have powerful prayers. He says this, The greatest miracle of all is prayer. I have only to turn my thoughts to God and I suddenly feel a strength which bursts into my soul, into my entire being. What is it? Psychotherapy? No, it's not psychotherapy. For where would I, an insignificant, tired old man, get this strength which renews me and saves me, lifting me above the earth? It comes from without, and there is no force on earth that can even understand it. We have powerful prayers. And, and sometimes, I remember somebody said to me once, oh, I don't think I'm a very powerful prayer. But it's not for us to know whether we're powerful. We are powerful because God has given us the power of prayer. We are powerful. The simplest prayer, oh, Lord, help me, that's a powerful prayer. It goes straight to heaven. That's why Jesus died, so our prayers can go straight up to heaven like an arrow. God hears us. I love this bit from um, the Philippians. This is in the Passion Translation. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. See, God says don't be worried. So easy to say, isn't it? I was so worried that I wouldn't wake up in time this morning. I only got two hours sleep. I just laid awake from four o'clock watching the clock go round, thinking, oh, but don't fall asleep as soon as the alarm goes off. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. See, this is how we pray. We're saturated in prayer all through the day and giving thanks. As we ask God for things, we're already thanking him for them. That's what this means. It means we're asking him for things and we're saying, thank you, Lord. I want you to do so-and-so. Thank you, Lord. Tell him... I love this bit. Tell him every detail of your life. Every detail of your life. He wants to know every detail of your life. You know, my dishwasher's broken down. You know, Graham's away on a five-day cycling holiday in sunny Spain, and I'm left behind with a broken dishwasher. Because <laughs> he's my dishwasher when the dishwasher breaks down, and now he's not there either. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. When you tell him every detail of your life, then God's peace, which nobody can understand, descends upon you. You get that peace. I've experienced that peace Lots of times. And when it comes, sometimes it comes when I'm just laying in bed trying to go to sleep. Um, and when it comes, it's just like a, it washes through you. It's wonderful. You just need to talk to God, you know, about, about your life, about the details of your life. And you'll experience his peace. And his peace will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. Sometimes answers come that are completely unexpected for me. You know, I'm talking to God about something and then 
he'll, he'll give me an answer that I completely hadn't expected. 